Praise the Lord, everyone. God has been so good to us, so very, very good. I'm so thankful for his presence and for his love and his mercy that enduring is renewed afresh every morning. I'm so thankful for that. And he is our light in this dark world. I'm so thankful for that. I don't take coming up here for granted because God has been so good to me. And I want to speak what he has me to speak. I don't want words to just go out, but I want them to mean something that when he talks to us. And uh, part of my lesson is going to be a continuation from last last time I spoke up here. Because uh, God is good and He, when he gives us something, we, you know what, he didn't just save us to save us. He saved us for a purpose. And that's the reason last time when I was teaching on the Beatitudes, that's the reason he took them up and he sat down and taught his disciples. Disciple means to teach. He taught them. He taught us. Right here teaches us. Our pastor teaches us the word of God. And that's what makes us disciples of Christ is when we are taught the word of God. And he teaches us. And we he didn't teach us just to sit and not do anything. He taught us for a purpose. We're all here for a purpose. God saves us to serve him and serve others. We're not just to, to come and sit on our laurels, as it says, but we are saved for a purpose. And that purpose is to carry Christ to this world. That purpose is to let others know what he can be to them that he is to us. And I'm so thankful for the blessings of God. And so today, uh, I titled my lesson is from Matthew 5 and 13. You are the salt of the earth. And we'll get to that part of it soon. But you know, the last time I, as usual, I ran out of time. But I'm so thankful that God is so good to us. There is no time limit on God. I'm so thankful that we can get into his word, people, and there's no time limit on God and how he speaks to us. Okay. I think we got down the last time we got finished with, we got through with pure in heart in our lesson. How if we want to be in the kingdom of God, we have to be pure in heart. We have to have a pure heart. We have to have pure motives when we serve God. Not just serving him for what he can do for us because he's going to do that for us. But we have to have motives of why we serve him. We have to be pure in heart. When we give in the offering, it's not to say, look at me. But it's to say, God, you gave to me and I'm giving back to you. Because you have blessed me. Let me be a blessing to others. That's pure in heart. Our heart has to be pure before him. And number seven blessing is the peacemaker. The peacemaker. He said, blessed are the peacemaker, for they shall be called the sons of God. God is the God of peace. In, in Isaiah 9 and 6, for unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. He can give us peace in a troubled world. We can speak peace to others in a troubled world. And today I think about all of those that's suffering. And you know what I'm talking about. Those that just went through this terrible storm. God can be the peace speaker. God can be the peace speaker. And we have to show them that God is that peace speaker. By nature we are a selfish people. 
self-willed and we want what we want when we want it. How many of you can agree with that? Man, I don't, I don't have a lot of patience. I have to pray for patience. And you know what? A long time ago, and this wasn't in my lesson at all, but I have learned a long time ago that if something happens, if you're in a hurry and something happens, that say, God, thank you for what you're keeping me from. And I'm telling this because I want to, I want to build you up some faith right now. And this wasn't in my lesson at all, but several years ago, we lived out on Treasure Island. My treasure there was Charlie MacMillan. But we lived out on Treasure Island, and I was driving to work at Magic Mart at that time. And I came half, when I was up there by Stevens Gin, all at once I stopped, and my car swerved to the right real hard. And I thought, God, what's done that? What's happened? And then I think, well, what's going on here? And then as I pulled out, and, and I could steer the car, I kept hearing this clink, 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 clink on the highway. And I thought, God, that's a tie rod in. But somebody's always told me, Charlie said, you don't drive. When that happens, you don't drive anywhere. You can't control that car. Well, I'd had a extra long prayer meeting with God that morning, Sister Laura. And I said, God, keep me. Because I need to get where I'm going. And you know what? I made all of those turns without that car ever swerving again. I pulled into that parking lot. I got down on my knees and I looked under there and guess what was hanging down? The tie rod in. Tell me angels don't watch over us. They watch over us and keep us. And I'm so thankful that he does keep us. Thank you, God. So that's for somebody else. God can do the impossible. God can do the impossible. And we need to let others know that he can do the impossible because there's nothing impossible with him. And so that's the reason sometimes when God slows us down, it's for a reason. It's for a reason. Okay. But when we become born again, we put off the old man and put on Christ. To be a peacemaker, we must be willing to think of others and not just ourselves. St. John 14 and 23, peace I live, leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world give I unto you. We have to be a peacemaker. When things happen that we don't like, when, when we don't agree with somebody, we're not always right. But it doesn't matter if you are right. The biggest thing is to take the other, go the other mile. Let them know. I mean, they can do what they want to do, but you, we've got to still be that peacemaker. We've got to be right with God. It is a struggle for the human flesh to turn the other cheek. It's hard for us as humans not to prove our point. Not to say, listen, I, I did this. I brought this. You didn't do this. But if it's causing contention, let it go. Be that peacemaker. If we want to be called the sons of God, that means male and female. If we want to become the sons of God, we have to be a peacemaker. And that's not to always get our way. Sometimes it's to step back because God's in control. He takes care of us. We don't have to prove our point at all. As Christians, it is our responsibility to spread the gospel. Romans 12 and 18, if possible, as much as with life within you, live peaceably with all men. 
Sometimes that's not easy. But we can do it when we ask God to take control of our nature. Because when we're born again, we're supposed to take on a new nature. Does that not mean that we don't get angry? Yes, we get angry sometimes. But I believe the scripture says anger, but sin not. Sin not. We don't always have to have our own way. Romans 12 also says, be kind, kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love in honoring, preferring one another. Bless them that persecute you and curse you. It's kind of hard to do. But if we want to be a peacemaker, if we want to be called the sons of God, then we have to take the other road that's less traveled and be that peacemaker. Somebody may tell you, well, you had a right to speak your mind. I tell them a lot of times I don't have enough mind to give away. So I'm going to keep it. Okay. As Christians, we must learn to really pray for our enemies. That means praying that God will help them in all things. When somebody does something wrong for you, pray for them. You don't know what they've just gone through. You, you don't know how they've been raised. We're blessed. We're blessed. We're blessed. So blessed that I can still hear my mama praying, waking up in the middle of the night and hear her speaking in tongues. I am blessed. And we don't know the people that we deal with every day, how they've been raised and what they go through. So as a child of God, if we want to be a son of God, we've got to be a peacemaker. Titus 3, to speak evil of no man, to be no brawler, but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men, not just to the ones that do good to you and the ones that agree with you, but to all men. We show that we are children of God how we speak to others and about others. We can make our own lives more productive in the gospel of Christ as we become a peacemaker. The eighth beatitude was blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I want to be in the kingdom of heaven. If we live godly and righteous lives, we will be persecuted in some way. But how we deal with that persecution shows that we are true believers of God. 2 Timothy 3 and 12. Yea, and all that live godly in Christ shall suffer persecutions. Even though there is persecutions, we must live for Christ and show forth righteousness in judgment, showing mercy and meekness and pure in spirit. I think that's part of the other Beatitudes if we're going to live righteously in Christ. Matthew 5 and 39. But I say unto you that you resist not evil. But whosoever shall smite thee on the right cheek, turn to him the others also. That doesn't mean you don't go out looking for it. But God gives us the grace to, when evil comes, to stand for him. Verse 44 tells us to love our enemies, pray for them that despitefully use you. If somebody's done you wrong, like I said again, be that peacemaker. Pray for them. They may never come to us. And say, I'm sorry for how I treated you. But that's on them. Not on you or me. But our, our salvation and hope comes when we forgive. And we pray for them. We pray and earnestly pray. Earnestly pray for them. Because when we see souls the way God sees souls, we want everybody to be saved. We don't want our worst enemy to die and go to hell. 
We want everybody to be saved. So those that curse you, pray for them. Number nine, blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. Not when they tell you something that they they talk about you and that you really done something. But when they're talking to you falsely, when they're spreading rumors falsely, you're still to have that to pray for them. Rejoice in Matthew 5 and 12. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven. So persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Are we any better? You know, I think sometimes we get to thinking that we're supposed to be on a golden road. <laughs> that we're never to have trouble. We're never to have trial. If you're living for God, everything's going to be roses. That's not what the book says. Get in the book and you will see that's not what the book says. But we are to know that we will be persecuted. But then it's how we react to that. Because our reward is in heaven. After he blesses the people, after Jesus blessed the people and showed his followers of Christ what they should look like, he went on to tell them something very important. And Brother uh, Sharon, when I was studying this several weeks ago, and this brought to my mind. We read the Beatitudes, and so many times we stop there. We even read them not really knowing what they mean. But we read the Beatitudes. I mean, he says, blessed are you if you do these things. He was teaching us how to be Christ-like. That's what the Beatitudes is like. You are to be Christ-like. If you're going to be my disciples, this is what the world needs to see in you. This is what the world's looking at for you if you're going to be my disciple. But then when I read on down and I went to chapter 5, verse 13, ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its savor, wherewithin shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden underfoot. We, we, you and I are the salt of the earth. And if we're not, if our salt, if we've lost that flavor, that holiness, the beatitudes of what God wants us to do, we're not salt in the earth. We're just like anyone else. Matthew 5 and 14 says, you are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hid. Hid light unto all, neither do you light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick and give it that light unto all the house. If we are truly following Christ and we are the salt of the earth and we are the light of the earth, the world needs to see Jesus in us. They need to see Jesus, not just inside these four walls. They need to see Jesus in us in everything that we do every day. They need to see Jesus in us. Let your light so shine before man that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. What good works are he, is he talking about? The Beatitudes. You're going to be a peacemaker. You're going to be merciful. You're going to be kind. You're going to be gentle. That's what he was talking about. When Jesus was talking about the salt of the earth, he was not talking about the tang or the, you know, if you take food and you don't salt it, it's very bland. That's not what he was really talking about. But he was talking about that if you are my people, you are valuable to this earth. Everybody that lives in Kennett, Missouri, we as a church are valuable to them. How many times 
has the raft of God not been brought down on somebody because you were praying. So you are a valuable person. You may say, I'm not valuable. I can't do anything. But you are a valuable person because he says, you are the salt of the earth. You're very valuable to what's going on here. Back in the Old Testament, salt was highly prized as a preservative of food. It was so precious that in the Romans' time, it was a salary. They gave it to the Roman soldiers. That was their pay. was because salt was so valuable. Because back then, there wasn't refrigeration or anything else. And so they used salt to preserve. And so it was very... So we are very valuable in the kingdom of God. We're very valuable on this earth. How do we become salt of the earth? When we stand as a witness of God at all times and in all things and all places. In Chronicles, God made a covenant with, with salt. So I just, I'm saying this to show you how valuable we are as the salt of the earth. The, uh, David's covenant to the kings of David was made by salt. That's how the, the covenant was made because it was going to preserve that kingdom. It was going to be an everlasting kingdom. And so we are valuable to God. Don't think this because I can't sing, I can't do this, I can't do not. I'm not valuable. We are the salt of the earth. We're valuable to the kingdom of God. Mark and Luke both spoke of the believers being the salt of the earth. Salt is used to purify, to preserve. When salt is put in water, it causes Particles that don't need to be in that water to clump together and to come out and together. And the water then is good to drink. Even Elijah one time in the story, the the people was drinking and said, oh, the water's bitter. The water is killing. And God told Elijah, said, throw salt in the water. (laughs) What a mixture when you go into... When you go somewhere and there's nobody there that knows God, what a mixture you are when you can go into that situation and you are the salt that helps teach and teach them about Jesus, the gospel of God, the gospel of Christ. And so Elijah put that salt in the water. And what that water was doing at the time, it was polluted, it was harmful. It was bringing sickness and death and barrenness. They wasn't bearing anything. We as a church, if we're going to bear children, we have to be salt. We have to be salt and light. And God, in his mercy, then used that salt. So the water then became wholesome again, and it was life-giving. It was life-giving water. And I'm so thankful for his word. There are many views on what the church needs to be. There's many views. There's the views like, some people has that, like monks, people of that nature, they, they put themselves away from everybody. I mean, this is our religion. We, we serve a God, but we're not going to commune with you. We're here. And there's others that's that way. And, and then there's others. There's another way that happens. People want, genuinely, they want people to become Christians, but they go in about it a way that they blend into the world so much that you can't tell them from the church, the church from the people. And I'm not talking about dress or any of that. I'm talking about your ideas, your way of thinking. When you agree with the world on everything, 
this world is offering up today on everything. And I could call them many of things, but that's the pastor's place. But when we agree with that in the, just to try to get them into our church, then we're blending in and we're no longer salt. We've lost our Savior. We, we're no longer good because we're not teaching them about the real truth. There is one way to heaven. And if we forget to teach them that Jesus Christ is the only way, then we're not blending. We're blending into them because he is the only way to heaven. We can't blend into the world. Hallelujah. Remember, to be a true follower of Christ, we are to be sought to help preserve our society from the moral decay. Mm. I believe we see a society that is in moral decay today. And we see it all around us. But don't think all is lost because we are still valuable in this time. Without believers being salt of the earth, we would see a world progress progressing down the path of destruction. And I believe we see that today. But there is still a remnant. There's still a remnant. Let the ones left to their own self, our society and culture will naturally decay. That's just like if you back, I can remember a smokehouse. How many of you old enough to remember your smokehouse? I remember a smokehouse when they'd kill cows and pigs and all that kind of stuff. You salted that meat down and you smoked it to preserve it. And, and so that was very important. And so I can remember that. But if you didn't do it, guess what? It rotted. It decayed. But we are the salt. Romans 1 and 18, Paul describes the process of decay. In verse 21 states, because when, the, when they knew, this is what happens to the world and when they start to decay. Paul said that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. They knew him, but they glorified him not as God. Neither were they thankful have you ever seen a generation like today that is so unthankful and ungrateful for the blessings of God, but became vain in their own imaginations? They became vain in their own imaginations. And, they, and their foolish heart was darkened. This chapter in Romans, please read it because it shows you just how decayed a world can become without Christ. When they start putting Christ off. Believers are a preservative for our society, society by praying. Ezekiel 22 and 30. God said he sought for a man to stand in the gap. But he couldn't find one. And the city was destroyed. Are we standing in the gap for our nation? Are we standing in the gap for our families? Are we standing in the gap for our town? Are we weeping between the porch and the altars? Are we really concerned that there's a world that's dying and going to hell if God doesn't reach down and, and we don't shed this gospel? Like Abraham interceding for Solomon Gomorrah, Christians should often pray for our country, for its holiness, for our nation. We are to spread the gospel and the church is called to be salt and light. We should constantly pray for God's mercy and forgiveness on others. And I know I'm not going to get finished, but I want to show you a little example of what salt really does. You can say, I can't do anything. 
Sister Teresa Smith, I don't want to embarrass you, okay, when I use this example, and Chris, Sister Shelby, a few weeks ago, I was standing passing out tracts, and Sister Teresa walked in, and Sister Shelby walked in, okay, and Sister Shelby had mentioned something earlier that sometimes she feels like she's useless, and I told her, I said, Sister Shelby, you got a call on you. God uses us just in different ways. And when she came in, Sister Teresa walked over to her and with me standing there and greeting them. And she said, I just think you glow all the time. She said, what is it? And without one breath of saying, oh, it's my olive olay. There's nothing wrong with olive olay. She said, it's the Holy Ghost. She was being sought. And Sister Teresa said, oh, I want that. I want that. Before church service was over, Sister Teresa was speaking in tongues. Because somebody was salt and light. Somebody. When the world looks at us, and as believers, we have to be different. Because they're looking at us. And, and I, like I said, I'm going to stop almost here. But they're looking at us. When the world looks at us and we say we're Christians and we go through troubles and trials because they're going to come. When we go through losses of loved ones, when we go through financial loss and they look at us, if we're salt, they're going to see that we're different than the rest of the world. But they're going to say, you still have joy. How can you have joy in your heart when your house just burnt to the ground? How can you have joy in your heart when the tornado come and took everything you had away? That's when they see that we are sought by how we react when trouble comes our way. When we say, God, blessed giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Just like Job was when his, he lost all of his family. He said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. When you have trouble on your job, when you have trouble anywhere, and you still show Jesus to them, you are the salt of the earth. Just think of, of Peter and uh, Paul and Silas when they were in that jailhouse at midnight. They were beaten and they were bruised for righteousness sake. For right, what they'd done was good, but they were beaten and bruised and accused falsely. But at midnight, I mean, I'm sure they didn't wait to midnight, but they were praying and worshiping God because they knew the God that they deserved. Whether he delivered them or not, he was still God. And so at midnight, they were praying. They were salt of the earth. And when they began to worship God and the earth, the jailhouse shook, the jailer and them seen the difference between them and God's children. We are salt of the earth. By being salt of the earth, we're going to be different than everybody else. And that's not in our dress or not in what we talk about. Well, it is what we talk about. But we're going to proclaim, no matter how dark the day, no matter how long the night, Jesus is in control. God bless you. this lesson the next time. I'm thankful for that word. I want to be salt, don't you?
I want to have an impact and preserve and, and be all the things that the Word says that we can be. We've been challenged today. How many of you are like me? You've been challenged by the Word of God and you want to be better than you are. Would you ask God to help you to become the salt? I pray today, God, for every person that's here. I pray that you would help each one of us to become salt. I know that we can because your Word tells us that we will. Help us to do it in Jesus' name. It's not simply enough and sufficient to receive the word. It's the response to the word that brings the result. We can agree with the teaching all day long. But unless we do it, we won't reap the result that the Bible says that we can have. I thank God for a response to the word. As a matter of fact, if you were to go in my office right now, you would smell something. You may even smell it if you're sitting in the back there. I've been preaching about Sister Lulabelle's baked beans. How many of you have been hearing me preach about that? There was a response to the word and now there is a result. Wow. I'm excited about lunch today. Hey, before lunch today, we're going to have a wonderful worship service. We're going to begin with pre-service prayer at 10.55 and then have a great time at 11 o'clock. I'm so glad that all of you are here. Let everybody know that you're happy to see them in the house of the Lord. We've got just a few moments. Take a break and we're going to have a great time in worship in just a few moments. God bless you.